Hey kiddos, welcome to Dad Feelings. It's the podcast of fictional father figures. I'm your host, Merritt, and I went to the movies the other day. That does not happen very often for me. Uh, I think the last movie that I saw in a cinema was Get Out. And prior to that, um, I don't remember. I don't see movies very often. But um, I happened to be going to the cinema with someone who had free tickets. And so I said, yeah, let's see Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Because I had heard tell that this was a film that might provide some grist for the podcast mill, so to speak. And um, I'd seen the first one years ago, and um, it was fun, you know. It's, it, was, it was a fun movie. Um, it has a talking raccoon and an alien who has language but no metaphor, which is, is cool, I guess. Um, and of all of the Marvel movies, I think I hated it the least because it didn't seem to take itself too seriously. And the only problem that... I really had with the first one was that the only two female characters fought for no real reason. And they kind of do explore that a little more in volume two. And I think you can really tell that they're like, oh, we should have women in these movies. Um, But I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, If you have never seen either of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, basically the gist of them is that... um, And I guess I should stop and say, um, I feel like I've had to make this qualification several times on the show in recent memory, but um, I am not a big comics person. So I don't have the backstory for like the comic incarnation of these characters. This is really just based on the films. Um, And maybe some stuff will slip in that I have picked up through osmosis, but otherwise this is just about the films. Um, So I can't speak to... Uh, to the older stuff. But the Guardians of the Galaxy, basically, the first movie is like this man, um, well, this boy, I guess, his mother dies from cancer. He's abducted by aliens. And then like 20 or 30 years later or whatever, he's like, just like kind of a, just Han Solo type, I guess. He's like a a rogue kind of guy. Um, And uh, he sort of like gets caught up in this like conflict around this thing called an infinity stone, which there are a bunch of in the Marvel universe and they control different things like time or like space or power. I get, I'm not sure again. Um, there have been other ones in other movies and they're trying to set up some big thing. Probably who cares? Um, the, the upshot of all this is, is basically it becomes sort of, they have this ragtag team of um, just like, you know, like there's the big strong alien guy who again doesn't have metaphor. Um, there's like sexy alien lady um, played by Zoe Zeldana with no eyebrows. Um, there's the talking raccoon, obviously, and there's Groot who is a talking, well, he's a tree, a walking tree man played by Vin Diesel who can only say his name. Um, like a Pokemon kind of, but, uh, uh, am I missing someone? Well, those are the memorable ones anyway. And they get into this big conflict around this, this gem and they end up, you know, using it to defeat some evil man who wants to destroy a planet because of religion. I think it's kind of confusing. 
Um, there's also this other villain who's like the big villain, like the emperor figure of that movie, to make a Star Wars analogy, who's named Thanos, who is like a space god guy who wants to kill everyone. Um, and Zoe Saldana is uh, one of his daughters, his other daughter, um, whose name I think is Nebula. They're fighting all the time because um, uh, Thanos made them fight all the time um, for reasons. Uh, so that's the first movie. But like at the end of the first movie, basically like the main character whose name is Star-Lord um, has uh, sort of gone his whole life without knowing who his father is because he was raised by his mother alone on earth and then he's abducted by aliens when his mother dies of uh, brain cancer and he sort of grows up among these aliens um who are part of this uh they're called the ravagers they're like bounty hunters i guess or like mercenaries kind of um and uh, he grows up with uh, one in particular who um, is this guy who can, like, control this arrow by whistling. Uh, his name's Yondu. And uh, he always, like, threatened to eat him as a kid. And um, uh, that's, like, the closest thing he's had to a father. Um, and then he eventually, like, escaped or left or something. Um, and... Uh, yeah, so the second movie sort of picks up with them, like, just doing another job. Like, they're all, like, hanging out together. They're like, oh, we're a family now. Um, they sort of created this, like, chosen family, and they use the word family a lot. Um, you know, people will be like, those people aren't your friends. You're always fighting. And they're like, no, we're family, which is like, okay, like, an interesting, like, <laughs> so families fight all the time. Um, but they do, they frame it in that sense of, like, we're, like, this family that... um that has found each other and like chosen to, to live together on our weird spaceship. And, um, we work together too. And we're, that's our thing. And, um, so they're working together and basically like things go bad on this job and, um, they crash land on this planet. And then this guy just shows up out of nowhere. Kurt Russell just like appears on this egg, um, this flying egg and is like, Hey, um, guess what? Chris Pratt, um, Peter Quill, I am your dad. Um, and he's just like, what? Um, and so he's like, Hey, I am, uh, my name's ego and I'm your dad. And, um, let's go to my planet and we'll, um, I'll tell you what's up. And, uh, <laughs> Um, they're all like, he's like stunned by this, but also just like immediately, like, like at first he's actually kind of hesitant, right? Like, as I think most people would be if like someone claiming to be their dad just showed up and like, um, so he's like talking it over with his sort of love interest character. Um, uh, and her name is Gamora. Uh, and, um, she's like, no, you should like, you should go for it. Like, he's really hesitant. She's like, no, you should totally like go for it. Um, you know, this could be like a big thing. Like this could be your actual dad. And like, that's a big deal. Um, and he's like, Oh, I don't know. She's like, no, it's cool. Like if he's evil, we'll just kill him. Um, so, uh, they go, they go with, um, 
with Ego back to his planet, which is like a big deal because he's like, you have a whole planet? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, it's not a big deal. It's like, whatever. Um, and uh, they find out when they arrive on the planet that Ego is kind of like a god. And he says like lowercase g god. Um, and he tells them the story of like how he came to be. And like basically like he just manifested one day and was like, oh, I'm here. I'm alive. I'm and sort of slowly learned how to like manipulate matter and like created this body for himself, which was like a planet, which is the planet that they're on. So like he is the whole world. Um and like the character's original name is Ego the Living Planet. Uh and uh he's like, yeah, so like my whole thing is like I um, I thought I was alone, like, in the universe for a really long time, and I sort of wanted to to explore and, like, see if, like, find life and, like, meet life. And um, he... This is never really explained, because he's like, oh, I wanted to see what it would be like to be human. So he, like, makes, like, a body that's, like, um, uh, Kurt Russell, uh, and goes and like explores the world, but like he hasn't met humans yet. So I don't know, maybe I missed something, but um, he goes around, like explores the galaxy and then like ends up on earth and falls in love with this woman um, who is Peter's mother and um, has a baby with her and then leaves. And um, Peter is like, okay, well like that's, cool I guess though but why did you leave and he was like oh I just like it's complicated blah 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 and he's like okay well uh-huh and um the whole movie like Peter's been sort of grappling with his dad angst of like not having have it not having had a dad and like he he claims that he uh, told kids at school that David Hasselhoff was his father and like he would show them pictures of him and say he was off shooting Baywatch and and singing and and um, solving crimes with Knight Rider, and um, and he keeps a picture of him still like in his in his wallet, and so like he's had all this this angst and like at one point he's like we know we never like got to like throw a ball around, um, you know we never got to play catch, and uh, then when he like meets Ego, um, he's like oh, like, I'm, because you're, like, my son, like, we're, we're both immortal, like, you're gonna live forever, just like me, and, like, um, we can, like, manipulate the energy of this planet, which is, like, me, to, um, to, like, do really cool things, like, form, form things, or, like, do cool stuff, and so, like, uh, Ego, like, helps him form this little, ball of energy and they start playing this impromptu game of catch with it and it's like really adorable and cute and like oh he's finally getting to do this thing that like he never got to do as a kid um and uh then things like kind of take a bit of a turn (laughs) and uh basically the sort of like like uh short version is and like obviously i i hope this goes without saying that this is like pretty big spoilers for this movie but i feel like if you're listening to this you probably like are cool with that um but i just you know want to be upfront about it so the thing is is that um ego is like has this big thing of like okay so yeah my original thing was like to find life 
Um, but when I did, it was like, I was not really that impressed with it. It was like kind of a bummer. And, um, and so he's like, so I wanted to like do something better. Like I had to find a new purpose, a mission. And he's like, so my mission basically is like, life is really disappointing and bad and, um, I am good. And so I want to be everything. I want to be the whole galaxy. Um, and so he ha- he develops this plan where he like p- places little parts of himself on all these different planets, including Earth. And then um, he tries to sort of like, you know, just become the entire universe, like just just take over all of the the life in the universe and just make it part of him. And uh, he realizes that you know he is a he's a god, he's a celestial, but he doesn't have enough power to do that on his own, so he has to enlist another being like him and so he's like if i had a a child then they could together we could do it and so he shows peter like the beauty of his plan for the universe of just like this perfect like oneness this like monistic view of um of the entire world or like the entire everything and um at first peter is like entranced and just like this is beautiful like this is like um so great and then um and uh he's like but i thought you said you like really loved my mother like why how come and he's like yeah you know i did like i really really did and like that's why i had to leave because i knew that if i stayed um i would never be able to accomplish my goal which is like this you know crushing all difference um in the universe than like making it part of me and um then he's like yeah but you know i really i really did break my heart to have to put that tumor in her head and like starler just like snaps out of his trance and just pulls out his guns and just like blasts him like blows him away um and uh like he just like snaps out of the whole thing at that point and uh then basically like Ego gets into this thing of, like, admonishing him. Like, he can't be killed, right? Like, he's, like, a planet god. Like, guns aren't going to really do the trick. So he reforms his body and, like, just, like, admonishes his son for um, not being able to see the big picture, right? Like, in his view, like, he's immortal. His son's immortal. They should rule the galaxy together as father and son. Um, But because Peter is, like, half mortal, I guess, he... um, he ha- he's attached to his friends, right? Like he's only just learned he's like this god. Like he he has walked in the mortal world for so long that he has attachments, and um, ego is just like not having it, and basically is like, well, if you're not going to be my partner in this, then I will just like use your god powers as like like I'm just going to steal them from your body until you're dead, and um, that'll work. That'll be good enough. Um, so he's basically like torturing and you know, keeping his son captive to power this thing. And then simultaneously they find out that like that uh, Peter isn't the first son that he's had or the first child that he's had, that he like had kids with like species from like all around the galaxy, but like none of his kids had like the God gene um, in them. And so he had to kill them. And, uh, like they find this like huge pile of bones underground and it's just like all of his dead kids that he murdered. 
And so, like, he just immediately goes from being, like, this kind of, like, easygoing, benevolent guy to, like, this terrifying monster. Um, and then, you know, like, they manage to, like, rescue Peter and... Um, uh, they're going to, like, escape from the planet. And then Peter's like, no, like, he wants to take over. He wants to, like, destroy the galaxy, basically. Like, I am I have to kill my dad. I'm going to, like, fucking murder my dad to death. And so they like, fly into the... They fly into him, which is kind of interesting. Like, they, they have to f- go to the core of the planet where his brain is, like, his original self or his soul or whatever. Um, and this involves basically, like, just this huge, you know, like big climactic action scene. Um, but uh, basically, the the thing that gets Peter over the top, um, because it looks really bad at one point, like Ego is like crushing them all because he's a god and they're like on his home turf, which is like inside his body. Um, and uh, Yondu, who is like the guy who like basically raised... Uh, raised Peter because like it turns out that Yandu has had been ferrying all of those kids to Ego and in doing so like broke the law of his space gang um and like at one point Sylvester Stallone like lectures him about that and kicks him out of the space gang um and that was very strange <laughs> um but uh yeah Yandu had like broken the rules to like i guess fair, like kidnap those kids and like take them to ego and then at some point he like catches on to like what's happening to them and realizing that they're not coming back and so like with peter he's just like i can't do this anymore like you're going to stay with me and like he tells peter like oh i'm i'm keeping you around because like you're small and you can fit into little spaces and make stealing easier and Peter basically believes him and, like, has this, like, not great upbringing. Like, he's been abducted, right? Like, he's been stolen away from his planet and is just, like, doesn't know, like, what's going on. But then kind of realizes, like, that, like, there's this little montage of, like, him as a kid and, like, like Yandu teaching him how to, like, shoot a gun. And, like, it's his advice, like, his thing of, like, oh, you know what lets me control the magic arrow that I have? that kills people with my mind, it's not my mind, it's my heart. And um, then, like, yeah, Peter is able to, like, fight back and, like, uses his god powers, which are his dad's powers. Like, he's literally using the, the power of his father to, like, fight back against his father, which is kind of an interesting metaphor. And um, is just, like, fighting him, and then, like, they plant a bomb in his dad, and, uh, you know, Ego is, like, you know, if you, like, you're so short-sighted and, like, sort of typical villain stuff of, like, you can't see the big picture. And then it's just, like, you know, if you kill me, you'll be just like everyone else because the source of your, like, immortal god powers will be gone. And he's like, oh, what's so bad about being the same as everyone else? And, um, you know, this bomb goes off inside him, inside of Ego, and kills him. And uh, everyone else is sort of escaping and um, they're going to leave without him, actually. And then um, Yondu manages to, like, save Peter basically at the cost of his own life. Like, he sacrifices himself to, to save him um, as they're escaping from this, like, crumbling planet into the vacuum of space. And there's, like, a very tearful uh, funeral where, like, Peter is like, yeah, you know, like... Um, I never really knew my dad or like I never thought I did, but like 
um, you know, I used to think David Hasselhoff was my dad, but like, you know, Yondu went on cool adventures and like hooked up with chicks and like, you know, he didn't sing like David Hasselhoff, but he whistled a lot. Like he had the whistle of an angel. And um, basically he's like, oh, Yondu was my dad. And now my dad and my father are both dead. <laughs> um, and um, there's a lot throughout the movie of like what family is because like Gamora, who like initially is telling him you should um, befriend your father and like you should go with this guy and like hear what he has to say. Later on when Peter is like um, sort of becoming really enamored with, with his dad, uh, Gamora is just like, hey, um, so like what what's up? And um, he's like, I finally found my family. And she's like, I thought you had one already. And so like it's like this thing of like, oh, as soon as he finds his biological father, like his chosen family sort of gets thrown under the bus. Um, but ultimately it's like these sort of like the movie in a way is like a repudiation of um of the whole notion of like you know biological parentage because um Peter's biological dad is a dick um on like a huge grand scale and like I don't know that's like to me like a a hugely dad move is to like everything is going to be me I like <laughs> that's like just like such an obvious like patriarchal thing right of like I'm a planet I'm a world but I'm going to be so much bigger than that. I'm going to be everything because I am that important. Um, and I am that much more interesting than everyone else. Everything is going to be me. Um, and also just calls, you know, recalls like the Darth Vader, um, Luke relationship recalls just like a lot of things of like the villain being someone who has this sort of big picture idea, um, that is just like, just completely like off the wall from the perspective of anyone outside of that. Um, and also to me, it recalls like a lot of mythological stuff like Quill, they're making him almost like this, this kind of like Herculean figure who like discovers he has divine, um, divine parentage, but like his, God parent isn't benevolent. It's kind of like he's sort of inscrutable. And like, while he is kind of a person, like he assumes human form, he is just like this, just his ideals and like views are so alien from mortals that it does kind of remind me of just like this Greek mythological kind of thing. And also the thing of like taking on the forms of different people and like going in and impregnating all of these women. Um, it's like a very Zeus move to me. Uh, so there's sort of that as well. And I think they're calling on that kind of, kind of structure. Um, but yeah, this is a movie about dads and I did not really expect that going in because the first one really was nothing about that. They sort of talk about how Peter, um, the first one was really more about Peter's mother and, uh, in a kind of creepy way where like other women were kind of substitutes for his mother. Like, um, there's a scene at the climax of the first movie where he like, has a hallucination or a vision of his mother as like someone else is physically there, but then like he sees her as his mother. And like, that's what gives him the strength to like save the world that time. So that's weird. Um, and yeah, he's just, is like kind of, um, again, like kind of like obsessed with his mother. Maybe that's not fair, but like the character seems to be written in a way that is super devoted, but reads to me as like obsession of just like, um, like constantly like 
seemingly thinking about her and like replacing other like women with her or comparing them. Um, and maybe that's, maybe that's realistic. I mean, this character is someone who like has parent issues. Um, and then like, yeah, the, the film really sets up this fantasy of like, Oh, um, you know, you never knew your dad. Uh, what if one day you met your dad and he was super important and he told you that you were really important too. Um, and you got to do all the things that you never got to do as a kid. Like you got to play catch, you got to like get to know this guy, you got to talk about music and like you liked a lot of the same stuff and like that would be pretty great, right? Um, and then it's like, yeah, but also what if your dad was like just like an asshole um, in addition to all that stuff? It was like the most important asshole in the galaxy and you had to kill your own dad by going inside his body and planting a bomb to blow him up from the inside while also using his own, while calling upon his own powers to literally deconstruct his house, which is also him. So many metaphors going on in this movie, like a lot of mixed, like really intense imagery of, around the body and around patriarchy and power. Um, I mean, and then it's interesting too that they take this character of Yondu who in the first movie was just kind of this like badass character who was like a secondary antagonist who just like is sort of chasing them the whole movie to get this, you know, the, um, the dingus or like whatever, um, object, the Maltese Falcon, you know, whatever that they're, they're carrying around the infinity stone. And, uh, they, they turn Yondu into like a really sympathetic character in the second movie basically by having him deposed from his command and then aligning him with uh rocky raccoon and like a few other characters and like putting him in this role of having to save peter and then giving him sort of also this backstory of like no he didn't just like randomly abduct this kid to like for no reason he sort of did it for good reasons even if like the fact that he was doing it at all wasn't great but i think you know you can make the case of like oh he's protecting Peter because like he knew that Ego could just send someone else to get him. Um, so yeah, like they make Yondu into this dad character as well. And then when they kill him, like at the end of the movie, it was um, almost kind of surprising to me. Like I didn't think they would do that, but they're really just like, no, Peter doesn't get to have a dad. Like basically is, is the point of this film is like um, you, yeah, you can finally meet your dad after like decades and he is evil and you have to kill him or you can finally realize that someone really was your dad in a lot of ways and then he dies <laughs> like then he sacrifices himself to to save you and you once again are sort of dadless um so yeah i don't know this movie was doing like i mean it's like a marvel movie it's a blockbuster it's kind of whatever but i thought it was doing some kind of interesting things around that stuff um it was definitely like you know, playing on a lot of, of tropes around dadliness. Um, and I'm sure they also sort of like get into stuff around like Thanos being the dad of, of Nebula and Gamora and sort of like they give Nebula like more characterization in this movie. I think probably in response to the first one where like she didn't have a character and Karen Gillan was just trying to murder Zoe Saldana for no reason. Um, and basically the backstory is like, Thanos is like this awful evil god guy like a lot of characters in this universe I guess and has these like adopted daughters that he makes fight all the time to like make them into like assassins for him 
And uh, every time Nebula lost to Gamora, he replaced part of her body with machinery to make her more powerful. And she kept losing. And so she's like more machine than man at this point um, and just really resents her sister. And they sort of get to um, bond a little or like they get to have dialogue in this movie that isn't just like, I'll kill you, um, which is kind of cool because they're sort of dealing with like the damage that their father caused like a lot of this movie is just about the damage that dads do like how dads fuck us up um and same with like even rocket i think i called him rocky rocket <laughs> which uh not the same i guess um but rocket raccoon like at one point um you know he he doesn't have like a traditional father he's created in a lab by scientists and um, at one point, Yondu is like, oh, the scientists who created you didn't care about you. They're just like trying to create this perfect, you know, super smart pilot and like scientist figure or whatever his deal is supposed to be. Um, and so like they have this point of comparison of like, we're the same, like no one cared about us. And like um, our parents were terrible. Um, and so there's this like generational thing going on as well. But like, yeah, pretty much every character in this movie um like most of the main characters have dad issues or like their parents have messed them up. Um, and like a lot of this movie is about dealing with that and like coming to terms with it, which um, is like kind of an interesting subject for a superhero movie to, uh, to take on, I think. So that'll do it for us this week. Um, as always, if you have suggestions, um, I know we've been doing a lot of like, a lot of not great dads lately. So, um, and I know some folks are like looking, uh, right now for stuff that is a little lighter, which I totally appreciate. So if you have suggestions for, um, characters, dads that we could focus on that are sort of, um, better dads, there's often, the problem with it is there's often less to say about a good dad. Um, you know, all happy families are alike. Um, but, I still like doing those episodes because it is like a little um, lighter than these dads who are sort of um, looking to murder everyone or um, who mess up their kids unintentionally or otherwise. So um, I would love to hear those suggestions. Maybe we can work something out um, so that we can have a few of those, you know, little uh, lighter, nicer episodes in the near future. Um, and if you want to send us send those to us, you can do that at Dad Feelings on Twitter. So uh, thanks so much, and um, I will talk to you next week. Bye, kiddos. Dad Feelings is hosted by Merrick Kay and produced and edited by me, Nick Bravo. Dad Feelings is a part of Stay Me, the world's only podcast network. We're entirely listener-supported. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a patron of Stay Me at dadfeelings.com slash support. Our theme music is Swell Content by Speedy Ortiz off their album Foil Deer. Thanks to Car Park Records and Sadie Dupuis for letting us use it. Please mention us on Twitter. We're at DadFeelings and at StayMeanCo. Or rate and review us in iTunes. We really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. <laughs>